And even though we're getting physically better, our anointing and our gifts and our worship and our connections, somehow they still feel a bit locked in, don't they? Isn't it hard to shake the lethargy of the past 18 months? We've kind of, I don't know about you, but I've kind of wanted to get out and about and do all of that now that I can. Oh, tracksuit bottoms on the sofa still feels all right, actually. Like if Boris put another lockdown, I'm not sure I'd, well, I never watched so much Netflix in my life. It's hard to shake the lethargy of that. It's hard to get going again with faith in church. It's hard to, to get stuck in. We seem to be swimming against the tide and things of faith. And the godly stuff that we valued 18 months ago, like we still, it's still important to us. But somehow those things have begun to lost their value. And so I wonder, you know, is there any way that we could kickstart our faith enough? Because I know that something in you is burning about this rescue to relocation plan. Something is in you being lit up by God, even as I'm speaking. Do you know what? I remember that. I can play a part. I can be part of this. See, but I believe with all my heart you can. And I believe for all of my being, that's what God wants for you today. And for us to get there, we want to understand one simple thing. And this is it, that not all connections are created equally. You can make connections that are going to bless and build your life. You can make connections that will make your fingers burn. And if you want to hear the story behind that quote, come and see me afterwards. I will share with you. About a time our car engine went on fire in the middle of our own village in Eglinton. Battery went flat, called Judith down, here's the story. She brings the car up, we put the bonnets together, put the, you know, what do you call them, leads, jump leads? Zut, zut. Put the leads on, car, the battery in the car goes on fire. I jump in to take the leads off the battery, they're covered in plastic, which went from the battery onto my fingers. So the kids are screaming in the car, Judith's doing a war dance behind me, and I'm melting in the middle of Eglinton. Now, one thing you got to know about me is, you know these people who go to the beach, right, and they change behind a towel, or towel, <laughs> towel. <laughs> they change behind something, right, in front of everybody. You know that dance? <laughs> That's not me. When I change to the beach, I go to Belfast and I drive back, and there's no way, no way. So what I want to tell you is, is, I can't believe, I took my own shirt off in the middle of the place where I live, half naked, screaming wife, screaming kids, to wrap around my hands, take these leads off the thing. And I learned there are some connections in life that will burn your fingers. And through COVID and through lockdown, there have some connections that have burned us a little bit. I'm going to give you four of them. COVID, number one. You have to be in planet Z to miss this one, okay? Some of you have had it. Some of you haven't had it. Some of you know people who have had. Some are still struggling with the effects of it. Some of you are, are connected to people who have just had the worst possible time. And then the second thing is concern. And that's come from the first. Because over the past 18 months, as it's gone on, we've worried, we've been afraid, we've been paranoid, we've been isolated, we've had our mental health take a hit, we've been away from elderly relatives, we've, we've had to cancel weddings and engagements and parties and plans and birthdays and celebrations and anniversaries over this time. We've lost stuff and it, it's, it affects us emotionally. Then number three, there's conspiracy. We've been connected a lot to this and... It, it is, it's incredible 
that all of social media is, is filled and is replete with conspiracy theorists and people who have ideas, people you didn't know had such knowledge on the topic, are suddenly coming forward and they are making lots of arguments. We have the right, we have the left, we have the middle. We have the anti-vaxxers, the vaxxers, the, the I'm not sure vaxxers, I'll wait and see vaxxers. We've, we've all of those people putting something out there online. And then the thing that is incredibly amazing to me is that followers of Jesus Christ are now joining in. We're, we're adding our voice. And instead of being the voice of hope and prophetic declaration that regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we, we, we are, you know, and, and being that voice that Jesus is still alive, that the cross is still active, that my God is still saving souls, even locked down, locked in, locked up. It don't matter. God is still alive. Instead of giving it that, instead of using our voice for hope and momentum and breakthrough, we're joining the parade the Twitter feed, the Instagram feed, the so on and so forth. And some of us are getting all hot and bothered in, in the process. I want you to understand today that social media in these contexts, in these little online rows and spats that we're having with people, online social media is nothing more than the equivalent of a cigarette smoke break at work. That's all it is. Twitter is the smoke break equivalent on the planet. And I don't know if you have a smoke break with anybody at work or you watch them have a smoke break because you're a Christian. <laughs> but one thing you'll come to discover fairly quickly that the people you have smoke break with are probably not specialists in pandemics. They might be, but it is unlikely. And yet we, we take from them what their auntie's cousin in the far end of Timbuktu said one day. Suddenly it makes it all the way to your Twitter feed and we're all being hot and bothered with everybody else. And I want, I want to encourage you today with all the grace in my spirit. Don't try so hard to win the conspiracy battle and lose the Christianity war. In other words, don't do your faith so much damage, your witness so much hurt, that when this pandemic ends, you'll be known as the person who was all given up that about this thing. If you want to be known for anything at the end of this pandemic, be known for the one who brought faith to life, who brought Jesus to life, who brought hope to life. And then finally, the last thing that really can burn our fingers in terms of connection is, for me, the, 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 the one that frightens me the most is complacency. Do you know what complacency means? And this, I think it bothers me the most because it hit me. I think I've, I failed at this a bit. It means that it's the feeling of quiet pleasure or security while you're blissfully unaware of any potential danger or defect. And I want to encourage you today and everyone that is online today, the couch is no match for the strength of community. We can worship on iTunes but miss the transcendence of a live tune. We can consume Christian content all we like. It's never been more available and never more accessible while our anointing and our call and the role that we play in this rescue to rest relocation narrative lies on the floor. And you know it. You know you're made for more than this. So what do we do? What do we do in these moments? Well, we're going to make some new connections. We want to reset the router, is how I've put it. 
We want to reset the router. Our house in Eglinton is three stories. Within that house, there are four 16-year-olds who, if the router does not work, within five seconds, the family WhatsApp group comes alive. Daddy, I'm offline. Are you offline? What needs to be done about this? Fix this forthwith therein. Ba-ba-ba-bum. So our house being three stories, I don't know where to put the router. If I put it on the ground floor, it doesn't go to their bedroom. And if a signal can't reach the bedroom, well, the whole we to forget about it. I can't function. I can't live, Daddy. <laughs> Woe is me. But if I put it then in the middle floor, you'd think it would you know, hit both of the house. It won't go to the back end of the, the extension that we have in the kitchen. So even the dog can't get online now. It's a nightmare. He's on WhatsApp. Woof, woof. Big paw on him. Unreal. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Who has been given to us? That means if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit within you. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Holy Spirit is? In the context of this conversation, the Holy Spirit is God's rooter into your house. He takes a signal that is outside of you and he brings it into you to lead, to comfort, challenge a little bit, to grow you a little bit, but to do all of the things that lead us in line with where God is calling us into. Amen? That's what it's all about. But for the past 18 months, this signal perhaps has weakened. It might even feel that we've lost the connection to heaven. Some of us, and if we're really honest, maybe you're in the room, maybe you are online today, and quite honestly, you're only on the couch because the rest of the family are sitting with you, and somebody dragged you there. Or you're here in the room today because, well, nothing else to do. But there's not a lot of heaven getting through. Not a lot of fresh heaven and God coming through. This season has disconnected or weakened the signal, COVID and concern and online things and complacency even. All of those things have combined to weaken things and I'm not picking up God like I used to. Let's allow Jesus to help you. Acts 2.42, the church has exploded in growth and they are meeting together. And in Acts 2.42, we're going to see four things. Four connections that that persecuted church made in order to thrive. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The word devoted, everyone, means this. It means to make a passionate connection to. So putting that definition into our verse, they made a passionate connection to the word of God to the fellowship of one another, to communion and the wonder of the cross, and to prayer. And for me, the Word of God, the fellowship, the hang out together, the cross and the prayer, what these are in the context of our conversation, these are these Holy Spirit extenders. You know the extenders you get? 
I had to get the extenders in my house to make sure the signal could reach the places that weren't connected. I have extenders everywhere. I have about a million of them in the house. Curries love me. Are you in for an extender? I am. They're everywhere because there can't be a dark spot anywhere in my house. There has to be a signal to get everywhere. These four things, I believe, are the spiritual extenders God uses, the Holy Spirit uses, to make sure in your life there are no dark spaces and dark corners, no places in your life, in your thinking, in your heart, in your destiny that He cannot reach into. Because you're too important, your future's too strong, it's too huge in God to disconnect and lose a signal somewhere. Isn't it awful when the sat-nav doesn't work All of you must drive with the better half. It's awful. You see, whenever I and you, when we connect with the Word of God, when we open the Bible, then I place myself in front of words that the Holy Spirit can illuminate off the page and boost that signal into my mind and into my heart. And when I connect with the Word of God, I get stronger. I begin to get focused on direction. I begin to see things that I couldn't see before. Hope rises in my soul. When I get along to church, when I connect with people, the Holy Spirit boosts that connection. And I walk into the room and I see some people and I see them smile. I walk in through the doors today, coming into Grace Generation, coming into Grace Generation, that's not right, coming into Green Pastures, you all begin with G. And I walk in here and the lady met me at the door and she said my name. Now I can't tell you how many places I go during the week where they don't go, hello Brian, you're very welcome, it's good to see you. But when I come to the house of the Lord, there was someone who said my name. You see, when I come and I connect, I can be a blessing. I can be blessed. I can serve and I can be served. I can encourage and be encouraged. Psalm 36 verse 8 says this, that they will feast on the abundance of your house. Now look, we can sit and have a great feed of breakfast and watch the thing online, but it is nothing to the spread that God puts on every Sunday in his house. When we come to break in the bread, when I connect with the communion cup and the bread, the Holy Spirit in that moment boosts my connection, boosts the signal about Jesus in my life. I am reminded and filled with fresh wonder at the cross. What it took Jesus for me. And in that moment when that truth sinks in, do you know what? Humility rises. Honor begins to rise in my spirit. I feel that I want to worship. And as I worship and the weapon of worship, peace begins to fall. And when peace falls, I'm reminded that I am forgiven. And when I remember that I am forgiven, joy takes its place. All because I've put myself in the way of the breaking of bread and the Holy Spirit takes that signal and he boosts it into the dark places of my mind and my heart and my spirit that needs it. When you and I connect to prayer, and I'm almost done, I promise. Worship team, in fact, you can get ready to join me. When I connect with prayer, when you and I connect with prayer, and we begin to, whether you've got a favorite room, a favorite walk that you go, a, a place in the north coast, or somewhere that just you knows your spot. Hey, why don't you go this week? Go to your favorite prayer place. Why not set the alarm for 15 minutes earlier tomorrow and try this? 
But what if we can come in and we connect to prayer? I know what I do. The Holy Spirit then positions me to see, for faith to fill my voice. Things that I couldn't see or understand before praying suddenly become clear. I begin to get revelation. I begin to get prophetic revelation, the heart of God for places and perhaps people. My perspective shifts. And as perspective shifts, doesn't possibilities change with it? You know when you see things and people in a new way, then what's possible begins to change too. Prayer changes people, but prayer also changes possibilities. I want to read to you four names as I close. One you will know because she is married to me now. The other three you may or may I doubt it, but you might. Judith Kerr, now Mrs. Somerville. Eileen Kerr, Adam Pollock, and Wilner Tennant. In 1998, all four of these people were of different ages. They were of different generations and church backgrounds. They're definitely very different theological bias. But two things united these four people. Firstly, they were devoted to Jesus. They lived a life, everyone, not perfect life by any means, but they lived a life at that time where they were passionately connected, devoted to his word, to their local church, to the wonder of the cross and to prayer. The second thing that united them is this, that when I cried out to God in the middle of my crowd, God stepped in to rescue me through each of them. And in February 1998, I began my rescue to relocation adventure with Jesus. You see, all of us that are followers of Jesus, as I said earlier, that five step is your journey. And even as I begin to speak this and say these words, I want to encourage you to think about who did God send to you? Who did God send to you that are watching online to, to rescue you? When you cried out in your moment, who was it that responded to God when God heard your cry? I don't know who they were. I don't know if they're still alive or not, but I will guarantee you this. Whoever they were, they were devoted to Jesus. They were passionately connected to His Word. They were connected to the church, the wonder of the cross and to prayer. You see, Acts 2.42 says this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and to prayer. But do you know what verse 47 says? Verse 47 says this, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I'm beginning to explore this thought that Christians devoted to Jesus are deployed to save souls. There's something about the intensity of the connection we have to His Word, to the church, to the wonder of the cross, and to prayer 
that in that intensity, we find the ability to hear the voice of God when He whispers, I'm sending you, now go. And so I want to encourage you, as I believe this about your life, that in 2021, this is your time and what's left of this year. But for many of you, you will hear the whisper of the Lord in your ear. I need you to be someone's rescue plan. If there ever was a church on planet earth that exists for the rescue of lost souls, it has to be here. For I was a stranger and you took me in. I made you my own. You're part of the journey. You're part of the process. And this is the point of the church. So with all that's within me, I want to encourage you, reset the router. Reset the router and let us get connected and be part of that lovely rescue to relocation narrative in the life of the world.